state of the district had driven forward to great services throughout the remainder of the month. Uh, there's a reason. Sister Sharon is upstairs with the youth tonight, and before she departed the house to come to her responsibility here, she wanted to know about what time we would be done. And I told her, I'm, I don't feel long-winded tonight, so you all know what that means. Praise the Lord. I'll be cognizant of the time, but somebody may have to tell me when I'm done. So uh, we're happy to have everyone here. It's a good thing and a wonderful thing for people to be faithful to the house of the Lord that we uh, just look for you and we're not at all surprised when you're here and and it's a every service event for some of us. But then it's also good, like Sister Scott tonight. Let's see, I've lost her. I pointed over here because that's where she usually is. Sister Scott has her brother and his friend with us tonight, Billy Jennings. And Billy, as I said to you before service, I met you years ago, but it's been a long time. Both of us probably had darker hair the last time I saw you. But it's a delight to have you with us. And would you welcome Billy Jennings tonight to service with his friend and with his sister, Sister Goldie Scott. We're delighted to have your brother with us, Sister Goldie. And God bless you. You tell your son Rodney it's been about time for him to, long enough he needs to visit again too. Give him that edict from the bishop, all right? I love your family. God bless them. Praise the Lord. Uh, tonight, if you would open your hearts and open your Bibles, we're going to the fourth chapter of Luke, starting with the first verse. While you're finding that and you're standing to find it, uh, is there anybody in here other than myself I want to join the group concerned for the condition of our world tonight, praying for the peace of Israel. Is anybody keeping up with what's going on over there? I imagine Brother Cody's keeping up. I just trust in the Lord that he won't get orders. But I'll tell you, folks, we're, we're, marching, this, we're marching this dispensation down. To the very end. The Bible ain't never wrong. Sometimes we uh, don't know the timing of what the Word of the Lord's saying. But I can assure you that we're watching in our newscasts, in our newspapers, in magazines, on the cable news. And the network news is not real happy about reporting it right now. But the news outlets that are... We're watching the hand of God. And I, I, I just, I can hardly believe that the Lord will take much of the abuse against His genetic people uh, that's, that's happening right now. Over 200 of them killed in the Gaza Strip, which is supposed to be demilitarized in the last few days. And that's not going to happen long. Because when everybody else abandons her, Israel will turn to her Messiah and say, Come quickly, Lord Jesus. 
I personally have been to the Wailing Wall, in fact, under the Wailing Wall and prayed with a private assortment of Jewish rabbis. And I heard them with my own ears in their private prayers pray, O Jehovah, if this Jesus that came, that was crucified, they take no responsibility, that was crucified, was our Messiah, and we didn't recognize him, forgive us and send him back, we will receive him now. We're in trouble and we can't fix it. I want to tell you, the only one that can fix it is the one that comes riding on a white horse with judgment in his wings. And ten thousands of thousands of his holy angels and saints fight with him and for Israel. Praise God. We're living in the possibility of that moment. I'm not personally looking for the Antichrist. I am personally looking for Christ to come back. Amen. So keep your eyes on those things. Praise the Lord. All right, Luke chapter 4, verse 1. And Jesus... Man, have you got Bibles? Are you watching this? And Jesus... This next phrase gives me problems. And Jesus, being full of the Holy Ghost. When was there ever a time he wasn't full of the Holy Ghost? The Holy Ghost overshadowed Mary. That that is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost was His Father. When you've seen me, you've seen my Father, He would say. Jesus, being full of the Holy Ghost, returned from Jordan and was led by the Spirit, capital S, into the wilderness, being forty days tempted of the devil. Do you believe that the Holy Ghost can fill you? You can be full of the Holy Ghost and you can be led by the Spirit, capital S. That's the Holy Spirit. You can be full of the Holy Spirit. You can have the Holy Spirit for your Father and you can be led by the Holy Spirit. And even yet, the devil can come against you. Being 40 days, not only was he oppressed by and come against, but he was tempted by the devil. Boy, there's a great lesson there, Brother Marks. Jesus was without sin, perfect, a perfect lamb, and yet he was tempted by the devil. The difference is you do not have to yield to temptation, he taught us that. Amen. Being tempted of the devil, and in those days he did eat nothing 
And when they were ended, he afterwards hungered. And the devil said unto him, If thou be the Son of God, command this stone that it be made bread. God bless you. You may be seated. I don't want to preach much about the devil tonight. What we preach is what we get. If we preach about the move of the Holy Ghost, we'll get a move of the Holy Ghost. If we preach about being tempted of the devil, then the tempter will come. Does anybody believe that? Maybe you didn't hear it. Let's back it up and run it again. If we preach about a move of the Holy Ghost, we'll get a move of the Holy Ghost. If we preach about the devil attacking us, we'll probably get attacked. Because what we preach is what we get. So I don't want to dwell much on uh, the enemy faction that's in this verse. But I do want to bear out and make you understand that we live in an age in which there are agnostics who believe what agnostics believe. Brother Marks, what does an agnostic believe in just two or three paragraphs? They deny it all. They deny power. They deny angel. They deny heaven. They deny hell. But an agnostic believes that yes, there had to be some higher resource involved in creation. Certainly it didn't just happen. It's not accidental. So there was probably some resource higher than man that caused all of this to happen. But he's not acquainted with you, Sister Robbins. He doesn't know you. It doesn't do you any good to pray to a Lord because there's no Lord listening when you pray. Sister Stella, it doesn't do you any good. You can read all the Bibles you want to and memorize them, but it's just an old retired relic of a book. The agnostic does not believe, Brother Owens, that you fit in God's plan any place. You're certainly not an agnostic. Because I've heard you testify about the goodness of God, the workings of God in your life, and then your lack of due diligence to God's presence and years and years of going your own way and doing your own thing, and then mercy. Haven't I heard that testimony? Then mercy found you. Mercy changed your direction and, and gave you new, new chances, new hopes. I'm glad for a God of second chances, aren't you? Man, I needed more than two. It was more than second chances with me. But the devil, Brother Bowman, is a real, talking, walking, tempting devil. Is there anybody in here would deny that the things the devil hatches up and throws on you? Now, don't start trying to shovel it to the one behind you or over in the other pews. But is there anybody would admit that the devil, the real devil that hatches up temptations and shovels. I'm looking for you, Brother Gene. You're hid behind that post over there. Don't shovel it on your wife. How many of you would admit that the things he comes up with, they're really tempting sometimes? One of my grandkids asked me, Papa, 
Why does it seem like the sinners have all the fun? Man, even in their small age, they understand that temptation sometimes is, I don't know, can I say it this way? Temptation is sometimes a pleasant thing, even though you know the end thereof are the ways of death. Amen. If temptations were not pleasurable, nobody would fall for them. But oh my, when the devil presses in like a flood, the Holy Ghost needs to lift a standard against that in your life. Is there anybody in here believing in the Lord for a Holy Ghost standard in your life to give you strength to be an overcomer? How many folk just by show of hands would say, I need the Lord to help me to be a more active overcomer in terms of my life and my, my spirit and my, my attitude? I read something on one of my relatives' Facebook pages today. And forgive me, we don't want to get into everything we see on Facebook. Of course, we know everything that's on the Internet has to be true because it's on the Internet. Not. But I saw on one of my relatives' Facebook pages, and you may have seen it, it's a prepared story that a woman's uh, car came to a screeching halt right before she reached the crosswalk of the intersection because the car in front of her stopped. And she began to blow the horn, blow the horn, and make gestures out the window and blow the horn and shake her fist and just all out road rage and... And and to her dismay, she heard a knock on top of the car while she was in that fit of rage. And the officer, the police officer, standing outside the car said, Lady, would you step out of the car, please, and put your hands on top of the roof, which she obediently did. And he cuffed her and put her in his squad car and transported her to a booking station where she was led away to a holding cell. And two or three hours later, she was brought from the holding cell back into a retention area where there was a judge and the officer that had cuffed her was there. And they brought her up in front of the judge and the officer walked up beside her and said, I'm ready to transport you back to where I found you. We've spent the last couple of hours processing your identity and your fingerprints and all of the data we had about you. And I want to apologize to you for the false arrest. But when I saw your anger and I saw your total and complete breakdown, the road rage, and I looked and saw the advertising around your license plate that said, Follow me to Sunday school. And I saw the Christian fish glued in chrome to the back of your deck lid. And there was a bumper sticker that said, Honk if you know Jesus. And I saw your complete display of outrage to the driver that stopped for the light had turned red. I automatically thought a thief had stolen your car, and I stopped you out of false identity. I want... 
right now. Oh, my Lord, help me. Help me. How many times does somebody steal my car? How many times has the devil in his temptations taken over my vehicle and just without warning, oh, there it goes. Man, the old man Adam, Sister Barbara, is still alive. Still very much. Of course, I know none of you relate to that. You were getting a big kick out of it because you saw me in that story. But there is a real enemy out there, folks. There are real temptations. And if it was just road rage over a light that we're forced to stop at, or in my case today, heaven help me, road construction between here and Paragool, man, why is it that you always happen to be just the first one after they stop letting the traffic go on your side, and you sit, and you sit, and you sit. Anybody been there beside? Yeah. What did you say to you? What did you say when it happened to you? You know what I said? Oh, I should have remembered that and gone through Hornersville. I don't know how I would have got back out on the other side of them. But at least I wouldn't have felt felt so sat upon, I guess. Man. But guess what? There is a God in heaven. Because when I come back, I got so close to the back of that semi-truck that had made up his mind to go through that they couldn't even see me with that flag when I went right on through right behind him. Now... If y'all hear that I'm in jail, would somebody please come and say, we know somebody stole his car. That was enough of that. Jesus being full of the Holy Ghost. The first thing I want to admit publicly is, I'm not always as full of the Holy Ghost as I need to be. How's come that didn't take anybody by surprise? I thought you'd all be gasping and saying, oh no, not you, Bishop. You're always. How many of you know there's room for more Holy Ghost in your life? And I'm not talking about the events of today because today's events, that's a little bit exaggerated. Yes, I did wait one way, and yes, I did get through coming back the other way. And yes, it is a bit frustrating. But guess what? When they get new pavement down, and particularly if we get four lanes to the river, it will be well worth the wait and what it takes. Can I get amen to that? But Jesus was full of the Holy Ghost. He's been to the Jordan. How many people believe Jesus had to be baptized? Raise your hand. I do. I believe he had to be baptized, but not for his own sins. He had to be baptized to fulfill all righteousness. That's what the Bible said, so that we have an example. He's going through one of those exemplary phases in his ministry. Even John, who was after the flesh, his cousin. Now, I stand without thorough knowledge. I've read the same resources you have. 
and it still doesn't satisfy me entirely as to whether John and Jesus knew each other closely as boys. I can't piece that together. I have cousins. One such called me today, and I haven't seen them since they were little bitty children and I was a little bitty child. Back in Indiana, both of us, and now one of them's in Tennessee and one's out in Virginia and I'm out in Missouri and I wouldn't know them from Job's turkey if they walked in here. But they're my cousins. John and Jesus, after the flesh, were cousins. I don't know how well they knew each other in terms of family relationship, but I do know that in the Spirit, when Jesus waded off into the water, John said, I don't need to baptize you. You need to baptize me. Man, have you ever come to church and you was expected to sing the song? Now, I took Brother Cook by surprise tonight. He wasn't told in advance, and that's a little bit unfair, but you did a great job. But have you ever come to lead the singing, or have you ever been expected to take charge of some part of the service or to sing a special song and you just, or maybe to preach the Word, and you just couldn't get focused in on the specifics of what you needed to sing or what you needed to say or how will I prepare this service tonight for it to be life-changing and a breakthrough moment in somebody's life. And you say, Oh God, let the Holy Ghost lead me. Let the Holy Ghost have its way. You see, I am of the bias. Can I call it that? Instead of the opinion. I am of the bias that the Holy Ghost does everything right. I believe that if the Holy Ghost takes charge in here tonight, we'll see things we didn't come expecting to see. Things will happen in our lives that we hardly have even thought about until it starts playing out. But you can be full of the Holy Ghost. You can be a child of the Holy Ghost. You can be perfect to your point. You with me? You understand that language? And it doesn't change that the devil is still going to be nearby. The devil is still going to be a tempting sort. And he was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness, being tempted forty days of the devil, and had neither food nor water. Well, actually it doesn't say he didn't have water, but it says in those days he did eat nothing. And when these forty days were ended, that's the prophet's fast. That's the severest fast of the Bible. He fulfilled it, just like he fulfilled baptism, for an example. Just like he fulfilled the wilderness temptation, he also fulfilled the prophet's fast. When it was ended, he was hungry. I got one on Jesus. It don't take me 40 days to get hungry. When I announce I'm going to fast, I'm already hungry. I told Brother Sharon a couple of hours ago when he called me and encouraged me that we ought to have good service and we ought to give it our best. I said, now, Brother Sharon, 
you're at camp and the steps are on vacation, and I just want you to know I don't mean it smart, Elicky, but I'm going to have it my way tonight at church. And he laughed and he said, well, I wish I was there. I like it when you have it your way. Well, man, I hope somebody likes it that's here when I have it my way. Hey, I'm just going to admit it. Somebody's probably going to tell him when he gets back. But if you do, you do. And I'm not backing down on it. There's nothing I dread worse in terms of physical fashioning of our worship and our service to the Lord than when Pastor Sharon or one of the other leaders steps out here and gets all enthusiastic and says, Now this week we're going to fast and pray. How many of you will fast? Men? Oh, my flesh right then says, Hmm. Which day would be the easiest on me? Let's see, would it be? I don't like that fasting. I'm just going to admit it. It doesn't take me 40 days. It doesn't take me 40 minutes. In fact, we're talking about it right now, and you know what? I want a cheeseburger with pickled lettuce and tomato and onions and mustard. Yeah, you too, uh, Sister Donna too, yeah. There's nothing wrong with us admitting that the Spirit indeed is willing. We could sing tonight, Sister Butler, and you have done the last several services an excellent job of supplying us with music that otherwise we wouldn't have had. And, and all of you have did a formidable job of giving us song direction that we wouldn't have known. But we could sing tonight to be like Jesus, to be like Jesus. On earth I long to be like Him. All through life's journey from earth to glory, I only long to be like Him. How many of you remember that old song of the church? How many of you don't? Yeah, see, because it's two different eras, contrasting eras of time. We might sing that song tonight. And in reality, the ones who've heard it and the ones that haven't, you do want to be like Jesus. You do desire to manifest His Spirit, be more like Him in attitude. Is there anybody in here that you're just downright belligerent tonight? Nah, I don't want to be better. I don't want to improve. I don't want to prosper. I just want to be as low and as evil and as downright ornery as I can be. And I just want to cause everybody a world of... I don't believe it. I think every one of us in here have a desire. I want to be easy to get along with. I want to be peaceable. I want to be kind. I want to be long-suffering. Just as long as that guy in front of me don't stop unexpectedly at the stoplight, and then I'm going to get arrested and somebody's going to think my car got stolen. See, there we are. The tempter will come without explanation, without warning. In Jesus' case... 40 days fasting, being a hungered, and the hunger that came upon him resulted in a walking, talking devil. Has anybody in here ever had the devil talk to you? Boy, I have. He's told me people didn't like me. Oh, I see. Now I'm getting a few more takers. 
He's told me, I've walked up on conversations that just fell silent about the time I got there and the devil said, mm-hmm, I guess you know who they were talking about. I guess you know why everything got quiet right then. Oh, I see y'all have walked up on that same conversation, huh? Did any of you get there quicker than I did? What were they saying about me? <laughs> you know what we're going to realize someday? They really weren't talking about us. They really weren't thinking about us. And those people that we thought, they just don't like me. That really wasn't the case at all. It was all the voice of the enemy in your mind trying to make you... Boy, here's a simple rule and philosophy of living for God that we haven't learned after all these years that we need to get hold of tonight. This would change your life. Here's a breakthrough moment for you. When you hear the devil speak to your mind like that, remember the verse that says, And you shall believe a lie and be damned. What he's trying to do is damn you to desperation. He wants to damn you to despondency. He wants to damn you to unhappiness. He wants to damn your life to the awkwardness and the uneasiness of being around the very people that love you, that pray for you, that care about you, that would help you lift your load. All he's got to do is whisper to you some lie that makes you shove away the friendships and the advances of the people who really do care about you, and then you'll be damned. Guess what? We are not ignorant concerning His devices. Just as we know the voice of the Lord, we've got to become acutely attuned to the voice of Satan so we know His voice, so we can say, Get thee behind me, Satan. Get me behind me, Satan. How many of you make your mind up in here tonight? You don't want to listen to the voice of the devil. Amen. I've had him say to me, they're talking about how weak you are. They're recognizing how you're not everything you want to be. You're, you're just so far from everything you ought to be. You know, I've never one time had the devil flag me down and offer me a bouquet of roses for how good I was doing living for God. I've never one time had him meet me after a service and tell me how well I preached. I'll tell you what I have had him do. He's told me over and over, boy, you messed up that one tonight. That was really a good message when the Lord gave it to you. But you absolutely messed that up. You dropped your watermelon and there's seeds all over the boot hill of Missouri tonight. You know what I've come to understand? He's not going to praise you for the faith you've held. He's not going to commend you for the consistency you've lived. He's not going to tell you in a weak or a trying or a hurtful moment how you've held on through the heat of the day. He's going to tell you it's time to quit. It's time to give up. See, I told you it wasn't worth it. Has anybody ever had that devil tell you, See, I told you it wasn't worth it. I told you nobody would miss you. I told you nobody would care if you gave up. Hey, I got news for you. It's a lie. It's a lie. Our Savior cared enough. 
that He shed His precious blood for the atonement of our sins. He cared enough that He went all the way to Calvary. He cared enough that He fasted a full 40 days and was hungry. And then the devil came and tried to quote Scripture to Him. You know what amazes me? Now this is an amazing thing in an infamous fashion. It amazes me that people that are trying to get you to give up can quote Scripture like an angelic voice to you. of what you're, And they're trying to get you to quit right then. I know how hungry you are, Jesus. You've been 40 days. At, well, look at these stones. You've got the power to turn them into... Turn these stones into bread. He couldn't. How many of you like me believe there's nothing God can't do? I believe that in one sense of the word. But I know there are other things he can't do because he won't violate his own word. He won't lie. He won't forget a promise he's made. Oh my God, can I change text right now? Can I preach a different message right now? Can I launch out right there? How many of us have promises that have not yet been fulfilled that God made to us through messages we heard, through sacrifices we made, through times of commitment, when we went to our wilderness and we fasted and prayed and you have not seen a fulfillment, you have not seen the end, you've not had that prayer answered, it's still there for the fulfillment. I'm here to say God has not forgotten His promise to us. His promises are yea and amen. Praise God. He couldn't, He wouldn't, He mustn't. Because if he turns stone to bread just to feed himself because he's hungry, then he sets a precedent that all that matters is the self-sustaining and the self-preservation of me first. And then our world would be a godly place. It's a me first place. Then our world would be a very spiritual universe because it's dog eat dog. Step over whoever you have to. Run over whomever you must. Head off whoever you can. Bottleneck them to get around them. Do whatever you got to do to succeed because it's all about you. I watch some attitudes and some conducts and I just hum to myself, It's all about me, Lord. It's all about me. Of course, that's not the real words of that song. The real words is, it's all about you, Lord. It's all about you. But it's amazing how in a me first world, in a me now world, where it's everybody after me, the line starts right here back of where I'm standing. Jesus couldn't do it. He said, it is also written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Oh, hallelujah. Aren't you glad that the words of God are eternally settled? Amen. The three scriptures quoted in this chapter were the phylacteries that hung from the head of the Pharisees. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God. Man shall not live by bread alone. Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God. Him only shall you serve. And he... Even their point of supreme, righteous, and holy outcry. 
their show of Scripture that they hung from their face guards and walked through the cities and you knew them as the Hasidic Pharisees by their phylacteries. Those are the very things that Jesus addressed in the wilderness. Because you see, we'll never get holy enough regardless of what Scriptures we hang from our forehead to ever brag on our holiness. For all of our holiness, this has filthy rags. We'll never worship enough. We'll never worship Him loud enough or long enough or appropriate enough for that worship to guarantee us that tomorrow we'll make it all day without temptation. Oh, no. Is there anybody else here besides me that will admit that some of those services when we had our loudest shout and our highest old time of victory is when the devil loaded on me the next day the hardest and made me prove myself to be a saint. Wow. I don't like this kind of preaching. But it's true. We need it. Led him up to the top of the temple and said, you know that all the way back there in the Psalm of David, He said he wouldn't let your foot be dashed against a stone. Go ahead, jump off. The angels will swoop down and get you and gather you up. And it'll be seen from the temple mount that you're a holy man, a special man. Yes, indeed, he was a holy man. Yes, indeed, he was a special man. For unto us a child is born, and us a son is given. The government shall be upon his shoulders, and his name shall be called the Wonderful, the Counselor the Everlasting Father, and the Prince of Peace. But he's not going to get it that way. He's going to get it on a cross. His diadem will be a cross. His crown will be of thorns. His robe will be bloodstained from the healing stripes upon his own back. He's not going to get it that way. Now, here I come. All of that brings me to this. If you haven't closed your Bibles, if you still have them, he went through all of this with them, and then he went to church. He's full of victory. He's fasted 40 days. He's fulfilled the prophet's fast. He's withstood the devil individually. Are you with me? You see that? Verse 13 And when the devil had ended all the temptations, he departed from him for a season. His hand's in the air. The heavenly host is holding his hand up. He won this round. And Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit unto Galilee. And there went out a fame of him through all the region round about. Everybody's talking about you now, Jesus. Everybody's taking notice of you now, Jesus. You've defeated the devil. You've overcome him. Your testimony was greater than his testimony. And in fact, now you have an open door. Verse 15, he taught in all their synagogues, being glorified of all. Look at that. They're all shouting after him, praising him, lifting him up. The devil talked to him and come out second best. The Holy Ghost led him up into the wilderness for 40 days and he passed the test. He got the degree. 
But he comes to Nazareth where he's brought up. And as his custom was, he did some things that were already customary in his life. He went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up to read. It was his day by selection to be the reader. Stop. Think about this. He's just withstood the devil for 40 days. He's won the victory over the prophets fast for 40 days. He was baptized of John in the Jordan, and a dove descended and sat on his head. And the voice of the Most High said, This is my beloved Son, whom I'm well pleased. Hear him. And here he stands with the Word in his hand, and he reads it. This is red letter, whether you realize it or not. This is red letter, and yet it's Old Testament he's reading. This is the voice of the Holy Ghost, the voice of God. Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He hath sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, and the recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable day of the year, uh, the acceptable year of the Lord. He reads this. It's all capitalized indicating that he's given direct quote from the Old Testament. And yet, when he reads it aloud, it becomes red letter. He not only changed the course of the enemy, he not only changed the course of mankind through baptism to fulfill all righteousness, he not only changed the power of temptation over you and I, he changed the actual interpretational revelation of the Old Testament by quoting it as his own. And then we would say, time out, time out. We would say, can the Lord change that in my life? I'm going through this or that. I'm having this or that. What can be done for this? Can I get help? Is there any hope? I'm here to tell you, all you need is the Holy Ghost to speak into your life. And it becomes red letter experiences. Mm. Mm. Here's a secret. This is where I'm closing. This is where I'm stopping. He closed the book and he gave it again to the minister. Now, I don't want to disappoint anybody. I know somebody in here has heard me deal with this passage enough times that you know that what I'm thinking, what I'm getting ready to say is if you read it out of the Old Testament, it talked about tribulation, the wrath of God, and the things that were coming upon the Jews at the end of the age. And Jesus did not make those things red letter. He closed the book on it. Red letter stopped with preaching the coming of the Lord. He closed the book and he gave it again to the minister sat down, and the eyes of all of them that were in the synagogue were fastened on him. And while he's sitting down, he turns and says to them, and this is red letter, this day is this scripture fulfilled in your ears. That day marked a very special day in the prophetical calendar of Israel. 
this day. Now watch. Here's where we stop. Now watch. 22. And all bear him witness and wondered at the gracious words which proceeded out of his mouth. They were all amazed at his wisdom. They couldn't explain how gracious his speaking abilities were, his eloquence. But watch, here's the thing that cancels out your victory. And they said, Is not this Joseph's son? Who's Jesus in your life? See the sea walker? See the blind eye healer? Is he the one that fulfills the prophet's fast for 40 days without food and then is hungered? Is he the one that withstands a walking, talking, speaking devil and takes the very scriptures that the devil wants to use to constrain him? To command liberty? Is he the one of fame and of glorification that everybody's talking about? Is he the one that can stand up and change the very course of history by a direct quote of the Word of God and it becomes red letter? Or is he only Joseph's son? You can make Jesus everything in your life or you can tie him up in a little box and put a little ribbon on it and he's nothing but a Christmas present under the tree or he's nothing but a star that's hang over a manger or he's nothing but a, a dying Christ on a, 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 a tree for a rosary and, or he's just a little boy in the temple or he's just... The babe in his mother's arms. He, he can be nothing but Joseph's son. Or he can be, come with us. Come with us, Simon Peter. This is Andrew talking. We have found him that all the prophets spoke. We have found him, Jesus the King of the Jews. I stand here tonight and say, Jesus be the Lord of all the kingdoms of my life. Stand with me if you will, please. Jesus, we want you to be more than Mary's baby. We want you to be more than the son of Joseph. We want you to be more than some historical record on a printed page. We want you to be more than just the theme and context of the most famous book that was ever sent to press. We want you to be the Lord of our life. We want you to be the bright and the shining star of our hope and of our futures. We want you to be the core of our home, of our happiness, of our marriages, of our love, of our outlook for that that lies ahead. And Jesus, as we go forth out of this place tonight to our homes, I pray that great hope would come to our hearts as we recognize and realize that what you were, you are. And what your word promised you to be, you still remain. And all things that we need exist and subsist within your hand and within your power. We praise you in advance. 
for being the Lord of all, the kingdoms of our life. In Jesus' name, amen, 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 amen. I don't know of any announcements that I'm supposed to make that are unusual or different, but I just want you to fellowship with one another and remember the services on the weekend. Sister Sharon and I will not be here this weekend or next weekend. We're preaching away from Kenneth both weekends. We'll be in Louisiana.